going on, Love Quest Nation? Thank you for tuning in to the Love Quest Podcast. Get your Bibles ready, get your notebook, get your coffee, get some water, whatever you need to do, and get ready to receive. The time is right now. Let's go! you didn't come out here on Wednesday nights. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and say something special about you. You came on a Wednesday night. So something's about to change in your life. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Tell somebody your family is going to be different because you showed up tonight. Your family gonna be different because you showed up tonight. Come on, your workplace gonna be different because you showed up tonight. Come on, do I got anybody that's believing with me tonight? Hey Amen. Worship team, y'all can go sit down. When we called her name, I was a beggar. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, it's Wednesday night. We want to say hello, make some noise to our streaming audience. Oh, musicians, we're going to make some noise for our screaming audience. There we go. There we go. You know what's crazy is all of our musicians can sing. I think we need to mic, you know, we need to, we need to figure it out, but we need to hear their voices. One day we just gonna have the musicians lead us in worship. Amen. Can you turn? Can you um to put up Ephesians chapter four really quick? Lord God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that we are ready for transformation. And the Bible says that be ye transformed. By the what? Renewing of what, Sion? Your mind. See? And I know we got some, text Effie. I don't know if she watching, tell her, even though she's not feeling, we, we just believe Effie and Laura and whoever you are that's at home that you receive your healing now in the name of Jesus. The devil, you've sown too much to stay down in Jesus' name. 
You know what I love? I, I love having, I want to have church every day. Now I get, I get, I get it. That ain't everybody's, you know, little cup of tea. But I know in January we'll have a chance to have, we'll gather every day for our fast. That's how we start off the year. And guess what? Nobody knows this, but I do and the Lord does. That we are going to, we'll talk about it at leadership meeting, but we are going to, last year we had 21 day fast. I think the year before we had 21 day fast. And, and it's, 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 you know, at the top of the year, but it's because we've had waves of new people. And we didn't want nobody to leave our church because we had a longer fast. I was joking, okay. But we're going to start off the year with a 40-day fast. And I know it's going to, I know it's going to go into people's birthdays, but it's always somebody's birthday. So it's no perfect time to have a fast. So when your birthday comes, don't lose your religion. Like, just do what you do on your birthday and then just bounce right back in. But I think 40 is better for that because if you fall off on 21 days, you don't got too much recovery time. Okay, so if you fall off for a week in the 40-day fast, you still got a little, 30, a little over 30 days to hop back on. And then if you keep falling off, at least maybe by the end, you fasted for 21 days. <laughs> Amen. Um, I, I, I've worked out a little schedule. We will not gather in person for the full 40 days, uh, but we will for... So we'll, we'll not gather in person for the fast for the first week, and then we'll gather every day. I, it was powerful. I think another new thing I'm going to throw in there is we're not going to gather on Mondays. We're just going to let that be a day of rest for everybody. Now, however you choose to use it, that's on you. But 40 days every day, the people next door, they do it. You know, there's a certain time of the year that they'll meet for 40 days straight at a certain time. Um, and so... We going, um, I don't know if it's a good idea, Malia and Sion sit next together. EJ, y'all, y'all make sure. Yeah, of course y'all good. Of course y'all good. Amen. Hallelujah. Sion holding her Bible up. That don't mean nothing. <laughs> Amen. But, but I'm, it, I'm, man, I'll wait till New Year's Eve to talk about what, what God is telling this church for 2024. Um, Monday, we got our uh, development permit motion. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, say one step closer. It's already done. Come on. So are you able to put up Ephesians 4, 11? I can't stall no more time. 11. Hallelujah. 11. That's what we're going to do. Now, now we're going to... How many people read Ephesians 4 this week? Right. I mean, John 4 this week. There we go. 50, about 40, 40% of the people. That's right. That's right. That's all right. Now, there we go. You can go, you can go to verse 12, I mean 10. All right, 
I've got a mint in my mouth, so you guys read this verse. I'll read the next one. A little louder, a little louder. So the main thing is he who descended is the same one who also what? Come on, he who what? Is the same one who also what? Okay. So this is the same Jesus. He descended, dropped all of y'all sins off, and, and, and he rose. He conquered the grave. This is very important. He conquered the grave. And then, what's that song um, we sing, Rome? Um, he went to the... Uh, with the Before he went, he went from the grave and then he stayed for some days and talked to his homies. Right? He went from the grave to the upper room. You get what I'm saying? He went a few other places. Right? If we was, if if we, if we did, if we was investigating, if we was in court, Elder John, we can't miss that part, can we? I think I'm preaching right now. We, if we in court right now, if you're a lawyer in court and you're trying to convict somebody or you're trying to get somebody acquitted, you can't miss the fact. You can't miss all of that because it was when he stopped back by earth when he gave us the Great Commission. He said some very important things between the grave and the sky. <laughs> but, but musically, all of that couldn't fit. So I get why we skipped over a whole important part because we had to put the song out. <laughs> and his gifts, his gifts, who is his gifts? He was the man that went where? No, he descended. And then he's the same man who what? And his gifts were what? He himself appointed. Who appointed? And gave men to us. This is why when God has called you, y'all gonna have to really help them help this table out. The devil's still the word and people still the word too. Hallelujah. Don't be, oh, EJ, I heard this table be on fire. All right, all right, elders. All right, you're supposed to help us fortify the church. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, now listen, listen. This is why when someone calls you, you can't let other people uncall you. Jesus gave his gifts to men and he appointed. This is very serious. All the gifts he walked in, he gave to men. So if I'm anointed... I'm anointed by God. I'm appointed by God. And he himself appointed. 
and gave men to us some. Say some. What does some mean? Some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Who gave those gifts to men? Now, I'm not going to park here, but it is really silly to think that that he's no longer, there's no longer apostles in the earth, which would tell me that Jesus cut one of his fingers off. And if Jesus was all five, but there's any generation that has to go without one of them, then we will not walk in the fullness of who he is in the earth. Next verse. So he gave these gifts. His intention for giving these gifts was the what? Which means maturing. Say, I got to grow up. And he sent someone to help me. No, say that. He sent someone to help me. You see why the enemy fights us against accountability and get us choosing who we want to lead us. If you're choosing who you want to lead you, you probably aren't letting them lead you. Because <laughs> if you choose who leads you, then you're also choosing when they lead you. Here's why he gave us the gifts. Number one, to grow up. Number two, and the full equipping. All them gifts. All that anointing. All that vision equipping other saints. Why they, why they get equipped? That they should do the work. Oh, you mean to tell me we got work to do as a church? <laughs> we got work to do, and I promise you, the work, let, let me tell you, programs, or let me say the, 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 uh, the little cocktail table back there, the little integration table, that's just a net. That ain't the work. That's a part of the work, but it ain't the work. We're not equipping you to run integration table. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we yelling, sons and daughters, coming home to what? Have you ever went home to a home that you didn't want to go? Tell me why you didn't want to go there. Talk to me. It was unsafe. No peace. What? Noisy. Okay, amen. That's some people have not come to this church because it was noisy. What else? Huh? Conflict. Huh? No unity, no food. I'll say that one. No good food. So my friend's house got all the snacks. I want to go to my friend's house. Right? They family don't fast. <laughs> they family eat meat, right? Come on, talk to me. Why, why wouldn't you go home? Nobody's there. Accountability, huh? Messy. And you can keep going down the list 
And then let me ask you this. Why would God send any of his children to a home that has any of those characteristics? So why is he equipping us? Why in this time is he equipping us? Why, what, actually, he's been equipping Love Quest for a long time. But why is, this a, why is this a conviction in our house? Why is stuff like crowns a conviction? Why are we ordaining prophets and evangelists and teachers? And we believe in the fivefold ministry gifts, but don't think that we believe in these gifts and just the gifts alone and not what they're for. If you're not going to do the work, then there's no point for you to ask God to send these gifts. And this is why most churches were stuck at just a pastor. But guess what? God still fills those houses with gifts. But insecurity, fear, a lack of revelation, all those things stop the church from growing and being equipped and matured. And that's why we compete with each other. Man, there's so much harvest out here. We don't have to fight over, over people, right? So he says, for the intention of maturing, and then he says, for uh, the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body. These gifts are given to us so that we could do the work, the ministering toward building up the body. The building up the body, the building up the church, the building up the body, getting us strong, which means that we're going to have to contend and fight sometime and talk things out and figure things out. And we're going to have to get around differences. There's no working out without breaking down. There's no building without breaking down. There's no muscles without breaking down. There's no strength without getting weak first. There's no endurance without getting exhausted first. So you want to be in a place where it is, it is strong. And, it, and, 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 and there's people in place that once, once one person get wore out from you, they're never run out of help. Right, you're not just depending on me. You can you can have Elder Roseanne. You can just have Elder John. You can have, but the trick is, is you can't you you can't make idols out of people that help you. Not even me. But what happens is, oh, I like the elders. They my pastors, and they'll tell you in a minute. No, we not. Let me tell you something. They 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 won't pastor you like we will, and they'll tell you that. Right, he, he Uncle Hart. Right? We, we make a real good tag team because we understand our calls. Our, we, we understand our roles. Right? Hey, go to your auntie and uncles out for the weekend. Right? We'll have to do that sometime. But if you understand, we've equipped them so the building can continue. So why are we doing this? See, some people think Sunday is where it's at. No, Sunday is not an equipping day. Sunday is more evangelistic. So when we're having all these small groups, the question is, the people that are hosting them, are they functioning in any of the five gifts? Or are we stuck at community and abandoning equipping? 
So then, here's why we're going to build you up. Here's why we're going to build you up. So we may no longer be children. Which means the goal is to have more and more people that can stand on their own two feet in the faith. Number two, more and more people that can help us equip. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not scared of thousands of thousands of people in a church. What I'm scared of is thousands and thousands and thousands of people in a church not equipped. See the, see, the, see, the real goal I have a pat to a pastor or, the, or a question is, that's awesome, you got 5,000 members. How many of them right now you can send out in the streets to go minister, not hand out food? I'm talking about minister the Holy Ghost, minister the gospel. Be bold, face some demons. How many of those people you have, if they go through some hard times, they can stand. They know how to pray the word. To me, that's the true sign of the church is how many people are being equipped. Not how many people attending. How many people go to prayer meeting? Oh, it says 7.30, right, but you go to work early too. What if we paid you to go to prayer? Guarantee you prayer be packed. $100 every prayer meeting. Everybody get $100 every prayer meeting. Absolutely. Then some folks won't go at all. They just don't like prayer together so look toss like ships to and fro wavering saints you, you we've all been there one minute you're on fire for jesus the next minute you down you know what i'm saying one minute one minute you attending all the time and then the next minute we like you like oh something came up all right cool something came up that sunday but now oh another sunday wait another Sunday right you see people they need people at the church so they'll just wherever they're getting their needs met that's why they come to church tossed to and fro this also means to not be tossed to and fro you have to have a backbone and be willing to go through hard times with the people you call to don't say you call to a church if you're not willing to go through tough times with them can't say I'm, I, I'm like, like I want to marry you but only for you know the good times right and then he goes between chance gusts of teaching you see this all day oh no no, no this church is not preaching what I what I think they should preach let me go find a church that's preaching something that's tickling my ear the scripture Teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine. They, the prey of cunning and clever, cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery and inventing errors to mislead. Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth. You see this? Let our lives, can I get a witness? Let our lives lovingly express truth. Let our lives, living epistles, let our lives let our lives lovingly express truth in all things. Speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolded in love. Let us grow up. Look at your neighbor at your table. Everybody say, you need to grow up. You need to grow up. No, no, no. I want you to say it like with some conviction. You need to grow up. 
Hey, you need to grow up. This table right here, you need to grow up. You need to grow up. You need to grow up. Hallelujah. All right. Next slide. Next, next, uh, what, what you call it. In every way. You need to grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head, even Christ the Messiah. For because of him, the whole body, the church, that's me too, in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly. This is the part that I'm trying to get to people. God is trying to find a people that's willing to be knit together. We could take the city if we're willing to be knit together. You, you, you don't, I don't know, I ain't never knit nothing together, but I can imagine there's some messing up sometime. And you got to unknit, you got to unknit. And, right, you get what I'm saying? So, so, so if we're ever going to be knit together. So, so Deborah, it's not that some people, they'll be like, they just clicky or they just, no, we're actually going through it together. The, the result of going through it together is being knit together and you're mad you can't unknit us. Oh, that church, they clicky. Not all clicks is clicks. They knits. Right? We knitted together. You thought your offense and your spreading venom was going to tear us apart. But no, God knit us together. So what God puts together, let nobody put asunder. It's God's grace you couldn't tear us apart. Because if you would have tore what God put together apart, shame on you. That's bad for you. But God is trying to knit us together, not just bring us together. So it has to go beyond Sunday. Firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied. When each part with power adapted to its need is working, man, can, can, we, get, can we get some saints working properly? Okay, talk to me, okay? This class. What, what, what happens when the vending machine ain't working properly? Huh? Huh? You kick it? You shake it? There's one thing. There is. There's all those are good answers. There's one answer I'm looking for. Huh? That's not the one, but that you do do that. Huh? Sell it, throw it out. You tilt it. Strong man right there. You curse it. Huh? You get your money back. Or when you see something is out of service, you don't invest in it. So you walk up to a machine that's out of order. I did say that. <laughs> Y'all still wouldn't answer the question. <laughs> I didn't say that. The first one was a parable. That was a parable. <laughs> you need eyes to see. <laughs> Amen. But, but you see what I'm saying? If there's if it's if 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 it's an out of order sign on the machine, okay. So if there's an out of order sign on the machine, what would you do? You don't invest in it. You got to hear this. You got to hear this. 
Jesus dying on the throne was the only investment God needed to get you to eternal life. You got to understand this. It's not God doesn't love you because he is not investing in something out of order. God's not not answering prayers. The question is, is are you out of order? Sometimes out of order is doing the right thing, wrong season. And what we're struggling with is, wait a minute, God, you gave me this vision. He did. But the season... There's a time and place for everything and something out of season will not be fr as fruitful. And you're going to have to work so much harder because it's out of season. Right? This is what maturity does and this is what I'm learning on my journey. I'm thanking God for delay now. Because what I've had to learn over these last two years with just this building, what it has done on the inside, the knowledge, the wisdom, and the patience that I have grown in, James 1. So you would lack nothing. So there's not going to be another building situation that I go in without more knowledge than I went into this one. More patience, more expectations, a greater level of leadership. But man, we could have, we could have got a building that was turnkey ready. We could have gotten, we could have went to the owners and said, hey, we want to get out the contract. I, this, this is what's crazy about that. I believe I got enough favor on my life to have that conversation and figure out a way if it was God's will. But if my attitude was, God, get us out of this. We didn't want this. We didn't ask for this. God, is this you? Is this... I am not confusing my spirit. I heard a word in the beginning and I'm not moving off that word because if it's not God, if I surrender my feelings, then he's obligated to get me out of something that I've stepped out on because I felt I heard his voice. Peter, why did Jesus catch him? Because Jesus says, or Peter says, if that's you, tell me to come said sure that wasn't Jesus event that was Peter wanting to find Jesus so in the pursuit of a building my heart for souls has always been the same so you can have the right heart with the wrong decision So God, if we would have got the wrong building, God would have, God would have preserved us. We would have lost a few people because they didn't understand what a, let me tell you something. I would say 80% of the people in the church are not living a led life. Oh, you love Jesus. I'm talking about a led life. Talk to me about what a led life means. Most of us hit or miss five signs. We're moving off red flags and green lights. Now, here's what you got to understand. Sons don't need red flags. When you're led by the Spirit, you're not led by flags. You're led by the Spirit. He didn't say, where's the red flags? He said, try the Spirit. And you're looking for a sign instead of a Spirit. Yeah, it is. 
So when we, when we talk about sons and daughters are led by the Spirit, Bible, how many of us can really say, I live led? Like my life lives led, not when I'm desperate and, and my only option is up. I'm talking about I live led. I'm, I'm kidding. God, are you in this? And here's a lead life. And, and we have some people that will attest to this. I will not be afraid to make a decision, but I also won't be afraid to turn the ship around. You cannot live a lead life without being willing to call an audible. And being led sometimes will require the patience, the, 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 the plans, the goals, the instructions, the five years and things that it will take details and things of that nature. But sometimes when God is moving, like a led life is not how you dictate it. I'm on my bike. I'm on my bike. I'm on my bike. Here's a, here's a worldly instructor called a trainer we got 12 more seconds five four three two one yeah I know we said we're gonna stop hop back in the saddle but stay on your feet yeah I said it so what now now they're they're in New York and it's pre-recorded See, we have trouble listening to those instructions with live instructions. But because I am submitted even to a pre-recording and a trainer that don't know me, I've given him permission to change what he promised 12 seconds ago. And one would say, I can't do that. Well, you can't be led. Now, God is gracious. He will lead you in the beginning based on the infant you are. But when it comes to deep waters, when it comes to deep waters, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. Living a lead life is a choice. So if you don't live a lead life, it's not a sin. You're just choosing to stay in the boat or you're choosing to jump out the boat because you need faith for both. So you just whatever the Lord says. So, and living a lead life will take a lot of criticism. I will be vulnerable with you guys. One of the hardest things for me to do is lead lead because I'm leading lots of people who aren't used to living lead. So living, leading led could seem out of order at times. It could seem like you have no plans. It could seem like you haven't spent no time with the Lord. It could seem like you have not heard from the Lord. Well, did Abraham hear from the Lord? Did Peter here come? So if I'm led, can God change his mind? without you thinking he lied or I lied. <laughs> I dare not tell God make his mind up. If it's finished, his mind's been made up. But he's trying to lead a man in his flesh. 
that's hearing all kinds of voices. So sometimes his instructions is just directional, not destinational. So sometimes he'll tell you to go a certain way just to get you out the blocks. Some stuff he'll ask you to do just because you were stagnant or uh, a wolf was coming or, you know what I mean? He's just trying to get you in a direction. Hey, Pastor D, go to Canada. I'm going to have this church bring you out there and you're going to go do this, 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 this. And when you get there, it changed up. But if I went, if he told me all that before I came here, well, probably wouldn't have came. So what does he say? Go to a place you have no... He was gracious to send me back and forth for a while just to get a heart for it, to get my eyes on it. Sure, you want me to go to Canada? Absolutely, Lord. Oh, what do you want me to do? Go back home? Go to Dawson Creek? Where do you want me to go? I'll entertain it all. Where do you want me to go? And I remember Malia with her little prophetic self. She had said, I forgot how she put it, but she was like, I ain't going to, I ain't going to Dawson Creek. And, 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 but, I, but, I, but I was listening. You might think, shut up, girl. That, no, no, that was the Lord. Ears perked up. Like, well, she's a part of this. Beautiful is when the Lord can find someone that will really remain clay in his hands. That will take their hands off of his plans and he can just mold. Do you know what he could do with you? Do you, do you know what you, he could do with you? If he's, he's able to call audibles, if he's able to call, it doesn't give you permission to not listen and not hear and just be reckless and hasty. Not telling you that. But a part of your training will, you go, you, a part of training. Some people are like, man, I can't, how do you hear from God? Unfortunately, you only sharpen your hearing by try to hear him. Sometimes you just got to go on what you feel he said. Here's the question. Here's, here, here's the question. I told somebody this a few months back. I'm like, why are we so afraid to get out the box, start the business? The question is not if God said do it or go. The real question is, will you listen when he says, put it down, turn back? Because sometimes, what you got to understand, you guys, is God's trying to create a relationship. And that relationship, he honors his sons and daughters. And he's like, what do you want to do? I put that creativity in you. I gave you choice. I, gave, I, I put that in you. Stop being so timid to step out. Oh, Peter, if you want to step out the boat, that's pretty bold, buddy. And Peter said, hey, if that's you, tell me to come. Jesus said, come. Jesus could have been like, boy, you can't walk on no water. I'll come to you. But he's like, man, if, if, you, if you got the courage to step out the boat, I got, the, I, I got the love to catch you and, and keep you from sinking. But we're so stuck at just like, well, I'm waiting on the Lord. But what? He's so gracious. He's not going to let you go too far. But on them 10 steps you took or two steps or 15 steps, guess what happened? You got to know him a little better than you would have back here. 
You see so many paralyzed believers because they're waiting on God to say. But what's going to hurt you if you get out here and the Lord says, but what you worried about? Oh, they're going to think I missed it. They're going to think, they think I ain't hear from God. They ain't going to never believe me. What's the risk? Few people don't believe you, but you know the Lord better. Or your, your knowing don't grow, but you got a few friends. What did that do for the people who stayed in the boat? I don't know. I would have been sitting there and like, whoa. What you got to forget, what you can't forget is <laughs> they saw their friends sinking, but they saw Jesus save them. That's the part. We so focused on Peter sinking, we forget they saw Jesus. Because the Bible says that after he pulled him up, where did Jesus go? Peter went out the boat by himself, but got back in with Jesus. And how we rob our family and friends. We're trying to save them off of just come to church. But how about you save them off a of risk? It's a greater witness to see you sinking and Jesus keep you then you controlling your own life and they never get a chance to see Jesus. All you do is talk. It's greater witness to see you change your mind because you're like, uh-uh, this ain't for me. And they doubt you and think you missed it. See, I told you. But then they watch your life for five more years and they be like, wow, God did it. They see that even though you went out and you spent that time and you did this and you did that, God still hasn't changed his mind about you. So we're not just equipping people to run programs. We're also equipping people how to walk by faith and not by sight. There are some seasons where you just need to be. You need the details. It's like when you're a contract. You're not just going to get a contract and be like, in Jesus' name, I, the Lord told us to. No, 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 no. When we <laughs> signed the contract, we had to read it. We went back and forth. I learned a lot of stuff. Working with the lawyer. Work, I mean, man, there was some stuff. I'm like, man, can you just sign the paper so we can do this? But then the patience and the details and the, the, stuff, the, the stuff you don't realize God has negotiated for you. But he still needs you to resist the offer that's under. Right? So you can't, there you go. You can't cancel yourself out and just settle for anything. You got to know what your worth is. And be willing to walk away for th from 30000 if the Lord told you you're supposed to get thirty-five. Right, we're trying to equip sons and daughters, not, not just Christians. Write these few things down. Just a few thoughts that, remember we was talking about Paul in, uh, a few weeks ago on that ship. And uh, he said, the ship won't make it, but you will. And then those guys are trying to lower that, that float 
the, I mean, the, the, the safety boats. And he called him and said, no, 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 no. We got to do it exactly how God told us. Right? That's a picture of, I'm telling you, there is no plan B. If you're going to walk by faith, there's no plan B. If there's a plan B, God will make sure the plan B shows up. But you can't fully engage with plan A. I'm talking about walking by faith. I'm not talking about, you know, multiple investments. I'm not talking about none of that stuff. I'm talking about, man, it's a, it's a time we're in where we just got to be all in. We can't keep being double-minded and shifty and tossed to and fro. Let the lifeboats go. The rest of this year, the rest of this year's harvest will be received and distributed in and from a place of rest. I need you to hear this. There are some things that God is going to release into your life before this year is over, but it will not come through grinding. you to I want you to pray this prayer um, over the next few weeks that every person on my ship will make it everyone on my ship will make it every person that God has assigned me to will make it to the other side and really quickly can you turn to um, where'd it go? Was it Second Corinthians four seventeen? Oh, that's what it was. Second Corinthians four sixteen. Can you give it to me in the TPT, maybe? And then we're gonna look at. This lady at the well. You guys read 16. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Be yep, go. I just want to share this. I was I was on the treadmill, right? And there's an elapsing time. Say elapsing. And I just had this little thought, this little crazy thought. A little crazy thought. Trouble has to end. 
everything has an end. So we're so focused on, oh, I got to run for 45 minutes, right? And one of the things I've been working on is despite the length of the run, celebrating what has elapsed. Understanding that this has to end. I'm not running forever. So when you're going through a season, you're going through delay, what is it saying is that it's going to end. It has to end. Trouble has to end. But also, <laughs> them little high moments you have have to end too. You hear champs say, I'm not getting too high or too low. I got to stay locked in. And this is the point. Being content in Jesus. Not good or bad. Not blessing or not sun or rain. But I'm content in Jesus. He's always my high. So when it's low, he's always high. When it's high, he's always high. When it's in the middle, he's always high. He, he's the one that keeps my joy sustained. So whatever you're going through that may be uncomfortable, guess what? It's elapsing. It's temporal. Now let's go to, uh, really quickly, to... Hallelujah. All right, we're going to, um, I don't know if you guys really downloaded this properly. Let's see. There we go. All right. We're not held back. You got those slides? Cool. We're not held back by what we don't have, but we are held back by what we don't use. Jesus anointed, empowered, consecrated. How he went about doing what? Good. Doing what? Good. Doing what? Good. Doing what aren't you using? Last week, if my heart is connected to the word, then my language will connect people to the life of Christ. We saw we are intimately linked in this harvest together with Jesus. Intimately linked. So who's in the harvest with us? Come on, who's in the harvest with us? John 4. He said, I've sent you out to a harvest. You didn't plan it. You didn't labor long for it. It's just ready for you. And you are now privileged to profit from their labors. We also learned last week that we are living epistles, correct? And so the Lord wants to send you to somebody's life as a letter from him. The Lord wants to send you to people's lives as a letter to him. My question is, man, what does your letter read? I know it's titled Christian. But what does the letter say? What's in the body of the letter? Colossians 4 says, walk in the wisdom of God as you live before the unbelievers, right? And make it your duty to make him known. It's a duty. 
Let every word you speak be drenched with grace. That's for the young people in college. That's for the high schoolers. That's for the older people. And that's for the really older people. Nothing is more appealing. Let me pause. God's grace does not stop the fruit of your actions. Let me help you. So when I look at young people like Malia and Lily and, and uh, there's other young people that come here. What young, but what being young makes you think is you are exempt from the fruit of your sin. Right? You're like a child. Right? There's even how you raise. When you're a child, you get away with more. Right, you can walk out of store with with a with a, with, a, with 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 I don't know a hundred dollars worth of groceries as a little kid. You know, when you're a little kid, you walking around and you little grab a frisbee and walk out the store. You get to the car, you like, how did you get this? I didn't pay for this. Right, little kids be stealing all the time, and it's cute. It's like, no, I'll take that back. No, but my mom would be like, no, you walking back, and you're gonna take that back to the lady. Right? No, 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 no. If I was grown. When I, if I steal something, I'm going to jail. It ain't going to be like, don't do that no more, baby. You get what I'm saying? But that same mentality, because when you're young, there's a sense of eternity that you exist in. This is why we're a little reckless when we're young. It's like, no. But then when you start getting older, you start getting wiser because you have context of an end. So if we could train our young people, at least plant it in them, that the decisions they make today, they will pay for them. He was like, well, Jesus paid it all. No, 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 no. He paid for the sting of death. But if you want to act a fool, if you want to cuss people out, guess what? There's fruit. If you want to be sneaky, there's fruit, right? There, there's, there's fruit. And so we all have to understand we are not exempt because our sin and our choices give the enemy legal permission to mess with us. When I was in the club, when I went to jail, when I, when I, when I had an accident, it wasn't God wasn't watching over me. A lot of times we're like, why God let that happen? Why'd you put that in motion? How are we going to blame God but not hold ourselves accountable for what came out of our mouth? God, why you let me get pregnant? How God let you get pregnant? <laughs> it's like when we pray over like, like, crazy bad food and we just Lord bless this food for the nourishment of my body <laughs> Jehovah Makedis take the fat out the ribs no 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 your body gonna reap the results of that pork ain't no Jehovah Makedis on the pork or we would take communion with ribs that's what we, ain't no Jehovah Makedis we do lamb we do lamb we do some lamb Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is more appealing than speaking beautiful life-giving words. Look at somebody and just speak life over them real quick. Come on, like speak life. I didn't say flirt, Pastor Dylan. Speak life. 
Girl, you look so good. That ain't speaking life. Can you guys, can you guys um, share with me point number one last week from um, the woman at the well and Jesus? Point number one, Judah, say it loud though. Initiate the contact. Jesus initiated contact, right? He did not avoid her. We were talking about it in the back. Can you imagine this woman? He's married five times, five husbands, right? And I want you to understand this. She, she did not have a good reputation. She decided to go to the well probably at that time of day when she knew she would have some time alone. She would get away from everyone. And she encounters the Savior who had no business sitting down talking to her. Understand this. He had no business talking to her. He was tired. Don't forget that. Don't, don't just, oh, this is the Savior. No, 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 no. This was the human. He was tired. So we know fully God. We know God all by himself never sleeps nor slumbers. So he ain't never tired. Jesus was thirsty. The living water was thirsty. But he had to go get water. And this woman decided to, in her frustration in life, she's, she's, she has people putting their mouth on her. She feels nasty. She feels like a disappointment. And she decides, I'm about to go to this well and get some water. I need some alone time. She gets to herself, and here comes Jesus. She has no idea this is about to be the last day. She has no idea that this is about to be the last day that she ever sees herself the same. You see, he initiated contact. Are your eyes open when you walk the streets? When you're going to and fro through, are you, are you open to see who God wants to initiate contact with? If he's in the harvest with us, if he's in the harvest with us, then he leads us to who he wants to touch, not who you have time for. So he initiate the contact. She didn't even know. That this moment was about to come to pass. He goes to Jacob's well. Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat down at the well. It was noon. And a woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water? His disciples had gone to the village to buy food for lunch. The Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, how come you... A Jew are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink. They're not even supposed to be exchanging. 
Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. What was number two? He noticed a need. <laughs> the conversation was about a need. But he's very selective about his words. Right? You go to gas station. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. You got some change? Sure do. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. You got a light? Sure do. Are you listening? No, I'm not talking about, but are you listening when, 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 when folks, see, see when, uh, folks don't even know their soul, their spirit is asking for something. Well, are you listening skillfully for that? For that, we're not jumping all the way to when a when a really heavy movie stops and it's over. When the lights come on, you turn around and say, "Excuse me, I know, I know, but you just all were in here watching this movie about bop, 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 bop. My question, really quick: If Jesus returned today, do you know where you would go? If you died today, do you know where you would go to heaven or hell? If you need somebody to pray with you, I'm just saying I'm down here at the bottom to pray with you. You don't have to pray with me. I don't got to pray with you. But if there's anybody in here going through something, I would love to pray with you. Have a good day. I'm not talking about that level yet. I'm not even talking about your waiter or waitress, you know. But boy, if you had a restaurant for two hours... You got so much time to work on your waiter or waitress. Hey, how you doing? Thank you. Yet water. You crack a joke. Whatever the case may be. Somewhere in there. What's your name? Candace. Man, you've done such a good job. Candace, look like you're having a hard day. Right? Because they'll tell, oh my God, I had such a rough day. Are you listening to that? She's crying out. Her soul's crying out. Why are you going to tell some strangers you had a rough day? And by the end, you're not only giving her a nice tip. So is there anything we could pray with you about? I don't know if y'all remember a while ago when we first went to that one restaurant, uh, uh, the Italian spot with the, with the, with the pesto uh, gnocchi and... Uh, Marcello's, right? And I don't know if you first time we went, there was that wait, well, waitress there. She turned out to be like this hip-hop dancer or whatever. That was before the pandemic, right? And I remember we was going to reach out to, we reached out to them to, because uh, I'm always looking like, okay, we're about to do this concert. What if she got a, like, hip-hop dance group? And we reached out, and it just didn't work out at the time. And I remember when we went in there, we told her about who we was, where we from, whatever. Do you know, like, like a month ago, no, 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 just like three weeks ago, she was like, hey, Terrence, you guys still do that church? Really going through something in my life, I really need, I'm really ready for a change in my life. 
right? But, but at the time, we wasn't witnessing. We did, I don't even know if we asked for prayer, but it was just like she knew who we was. We had full of joy. We was like, this is what we do. You know what I mean? You know, hit her up about, about coming to be a part of a concert we did. She knew all about it. So these little sprinkles here and there. And you left it. Same thing with the engineer at, at the, at the, that we met at the uh, Gilton Co. Same thing. You, you see the importance of staying on the journey. Like somebody going to call you five years later when they in trouble. It's not about today. It's not about catching them today. But if you're willing to plant, there's going to be a time that that seed, when they get in trouble, they're going to be like, man, I remember encountering that, that letter. I read that letter. I, I kept seeing this group come back to our club, never drinking, in the back, always kind, leaving tips, loving on us. And even, hey, 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 can you, can you come do sound for us? Instead of being like, man, I ain't got no sound, man. Let me call this church and see if they can help us. Nah, what about the one at the club? He actually did real good sounds. Sometimes the club be doing better sound than the church. We call him, he come to Strathcona one time and help us out. A couple times. And guess what? We got a chance to love on him. And he said, oh, this is, I'm always mindful that when you walk in love, you, you come, this is church? How we turning up? This is church. When he left, that was it. We paid him well. And guess what? We didn't bug him. Hey, man, you want to come back to church? No, you're going your way. The power of the gospel. Several years later, when he hit me, I didn't say, how's your, how's your newborn? How's your baby? You still with your wife? Y'all divorced? What's... No, I don't got no questions right now. That's not, no, I'm talking about communication. Yeah, you got a church home? It's none of those questions. Right? It's fishing. It's, right? I ain't never been fishing, but it's something like that. <laughs> it's with you, fresh water, right? The woman says, sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with. And this well is deep. So how are you going to? Man, he is so crafty. He knew he didn't have a bucket. He knew the well was deep. And he knew he shouldn't be talking to this woman. But he also knew who he was. So how are you going to get this living water? You see, you see how he, do you see how he, uh, he, he said something that would trigger curiosity from her. Wait a minute. You're talking about you got water for me. Where, where are you going to get that bucket from? Glad you asked. So are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it? He knew the well, who the well was, where it came from. He and his sons and livestock and passed it down to us. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. He's still talking about water. Anyone who drinks the water I, I, I give will never thirst. The water I give will be an 
artesian spring within gushing fountains he he this brother is just spitting game he like i got artesian water for you girl you won't you won't you won't, you will want to drink now now look now look use your imagination five husbands he like girl i got some water for you drink No, you got you got to really you got to really understand. He tight need this tight rope, cause this could go either way. Cause he talking about being her provider. He he's not savior here right now. I don't know how many saw the progression of what she's called him. But the water I'm gonna give you, girl, it's gonna be artesian, gushing fountains. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, you better peep game here. Gushing fountains of endless life. Now, from where she has experienced life, she can hear. You got to understand, they don't understand spiritual things, so she's hearing all natural. Might she think he hitting on her? Because I don't see no bucket. Right? This, this stuff like we say today, girl, I'll take you overseas. She like, you ain't even got no money. What are you going to take me overseas? <laughs> Right, it's like our rappers today. That's why I got artesian water overseas in Belize, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the woman says, sir, give, give me this water. Give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty. <laughs> do, do you understand how insane this is? He don't got a bucket. He don't got nowhere, no water in sight. He don't got a water truck nowhere. There ain't no crystal geyser truck nowhere. He just, she's just like, give me this water. Won't ever, I won't ever get thirsty. Won't ever have to come back to this well again. <laughs> he got her. Super strategic. Super strategic. She's thirsty. Now she has shifted from getting water on her own to saying, if you got something better for me, show me. See, I don't think we present Christ as the better option. Even when we invite people to church, it ain't like you gotta come. Like, I, I, I know you grew up in church, but I'm telling you, this ain't church this is an experience this is an encounter you're going to experience love you're going to experience hope you, you're going to experience some love you're going to experience you're going to hear about Jesus in a way you're going to encounter man I'm telling you it changed my life you got to at least come with me one time just come with me one time I will never ever I will introduce you to some friends man I'm telling you you will never it, it, it don't got to be man I'm telling you it's going to be in this you know remember Wally where the prostitutes and the drug dealers was that's that we going over there, but church, but you're gonna encounter Jesus. No. He ain't like if you follow me, it's gonna be rough. Folks gonna persecute you. She's not ready for that talk. That's discipleship. This is not the point of discipleship. This is soul winning. 
He's convincing her. Convincing language. He said, go. How you going to go from, I want your water now, Jesus. <laughs> so you, you, you got to get this picture of like he knows her story. Now he gets a word from the Lord. Now he gets a word of knowledge, right? Go, go call your husband and then come back. Wait, what do you mean go call your husband? How you going to call? I don't know how they call husbands back then. How they do that? He like go all the way back in town and come back. Look what she said. I have no husband, she said. He said, that's nicely put. What was number three? Huh? Can't talk to me, huh? Willing to violate the norm. So he's sitting there with a Samaritan and his homies is going to roll up on him in a little bit and be like, what you doing here talking to this woman? But he's putting aside what people think. What was the next one? Huh? Kindness over condemnation. Look at what he says. That's nicely put. You see how he affirmed her. That's nicely put. I have no husband. You're right. You've had five husbands. You ready? And the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. <laughs> so he's not afraid. He's not afraid to have a tough conversation. Do you know how many people, do you know how many people are tired of people being scared to have real conversations with them? You're like, oh, that might hurt their feelings. You know how many people appreciate it when you say it how it is? In love, though. Because look at what he said. That's nicely put. I have no husband. You've had five husbands, ma'am. And the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. Look at what he says. This is very important. You spoke truth there. Sure enough. He affirms her. In her attempt to be honest, he understood that she has been beaten up, broken down, disliked, overlooked. He understood this. So he finds one little thing. Love sees, hopes the best. So he finds one little thing to say, thank you for trying to tell the truth. I understand, but I'm not them. That's what he's about to tell. I'm not that church. We're not that church you grew up knowing. We're not that Catholic. We're not that. We're not. Man, I, I feel 100% confident telling people. You stick around long enough, you will find and see. You will see we, 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 we the real deal. No matter if you can move past what people think, if you can move past the room, you move past what people say, we the real deal. It's nothing wrong with being confident in that. And he says, oh, she say, so you're a prophet. Well, tell me this. Our ancestors worship God at this mountain. But you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship, right? Believe me, woman, the time is coming when the new Samaritans will worship the Father, neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship guessing in the dark. <laughs> 
We Jews worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. But the time is coming. It has, in fact, come when what you're called will not matter and where you go to worship will not matter, right? In one instance, he's, he's still in the Old Testament. He's still under the law. So he's like, for now, I get it. But there's a time about to come where Jew nor Greek, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Because I know who I am. I'm the Savior. You see, he's talking in his fully God, and he's talking in his fully man. In one minute, he's saying, I got water for you. Let's talk about water. I'm thirsty with you. But I also got water that goes beyond what's in this well. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for where their worship engages their spirit. That's why I can't be in no dead worship experience. Now, I can because I know how to worship myself. But I just can't be in no dead. In the moment, you can't try to shut me up. I'm, I got to worship my God because in order for me to get something out of that experience, my worship has to engage my spirit. And until it hits my spirit, I got to keep on singing. I got to keep on. That's why we go around them songs, because we're trying to increase the commonality of how many people that worship is engaging their spirit. Honestly, themselves before him in order. God is sheer be, being itself spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. The woman said, I don't know about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming. When he arrives, we'll get the whole story. He said, I'm he. You see now, before she even knows, he's in control of the, of the conversation. But she is so leading the conversation. Because now she's saying stuff that she asks. It's like when I go to, go to uh, you know, public high schools or something like that. I don't say nothing about Jesus whole time. But then I always leave space strategically at the end for a Q&A. Ten times out of ten, the question is going to be, how did you get your life? How did you overcome? How did you become so positive? How did you change your life around? In the what I did was tell my testimony. I've been to jail. I smoked dope. I grew up in here. I was a single parent household. So I give them where I come from. But then who they see, they like, how did you get from there to there? Okay, since you asked. You get what I'm saying? And when, when, when the Holy Spirit leads your conversations, when you're talking to people, you have to be very conscious of those types of questions and statements and knowing where to interject and knowing where to be quiet and listen because they will tell on themselves. His disciples came back. They were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of woman. No one said what they were all thinking, but their faces showed it. The woman took the hint and left in her confusion she left her water pot back in the village she's consumed now this woman went all the way to the well to get water now she left her bucket now she's consumed now she just encountered Jesus see when you, when you really encounter Jesus you forget about you forget about some of those things She went back into the village, come see a man 
who knew all about the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think this could be the Messiah? And they went out to see for themselves because she'd been sleeping around. So she like, come see another man. <laughs> In the meantime, the disciples, Rabbi, eat, aren't you? Then we go into, he says, my nourishment, my food, man. I get my nourishment from doing the Father's will, right? And then as we understand, they have the conversation about the harvest. He said, the harvest isn't waiting. It's here. It's ready. Verse 39 says, many of the Samaritans from that village committed themselves to him because the woman's witness. You, you, her past did not stop her from sharing about Jesus. The rumors about her didn't stop her. Once you encounter Jesus, truly shame goes out the window. Bless you. He knew all about the things I did. He knows me inside and out. They asked him to stay on. So Jesus stayed for two days. And then you see a lot more people entrusted their lives to him when they heard what he had to say. He says, they said to the woman, we're no longer taking this on your say-so. This is discipleship. You do have to say so for a while. But the goal is that people no longer go on your say so. We've heard it for ourselves and know it for sure. He's the savior of the world. So we see number one, he initiated contact. Number two, he noticed the need. Number three, He's willing to violate the norm. Number four, kindness over condemnation. And number, number five, Jesus offered her water, but not a watered-down message. And then lastly, Jesus took her from mistress to missionary. I should write these things down. Soul winning draws a line in the sand. I'm going to give you a few things because we only got a few more minutes. Um, so winning draws a line in the sand. Here we go. So winning marks territory. I'm going to get back to John 8 as we close, but I want to give you these few things for communication. To be effective, there's eight things we need to do and be when we're communicating. Number one, we need to be skillful. We need to be skillful in our conversation. That's why we need to be prayerful. That's why we need to meditate on the word. And as James says, anger never is a good witness. And we need to have self-discipline over our emotions. So number one, we must be skillful. 
in our speech. Number two, our speech must be seasoned. Seasoned, meaning timely. The Bible says there's nothing like an in-season word, a word that's seasoned with salt, a word that preserves life and invokes hope. Number three, we need to be safe communicators. Can't have people afraid. I don't if you're afraid to talk to me because you know you're gonna hear the truth, that's one thing. I'm not unsafe because I keep it real. But when you're emotionally unintelligent, you get offended easily, or you're constantly correcting or judging, or you're always right. Understand when you're soul winning, it's not all about you. So number one, skillful. Number two, seasoned. Number three, safe. Number four, you need to be sure. Sure. Romans 4.21 says that I am persuaded. Whatever you're talking about, you got to be persuaded. Because a soul winner is always tested on their testimony. Oh, God, good. And your profession will be tested. Number five, you must have a surrendered tongue. Your, your tongue must be yielded to the Holy Spirit. Surrendered. Another part of surrendered is a selfless agenda. Monitor the motives of your heart when you are soul winning. The goal is Jesus, not a business opportunity, not a spouse, not a boyfriend or girlfriend, not a date. Guard the motives of your heart when you're witnessing. Make sure you're not just spouting stuff off because you want to show how much words you know. Next, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Communicate in simplicity. Know when you're talking to a believer. And know when you're talking to a non-believer or a babe in Christ. Keep it simple. Remember the goal is relationship. Building trust. Next, strong. Be strong in the Lord. Be immovable. Don't have words that you have to um, switch up. And, and uh, don't be unsure of what you're saying. Don't just say what you heard, but you don't know. Yeah. And then lastly, be specific. Speak with clarity. 
What are you asking? What are you saying? What do you want? What do you hope for? If you're going to prophesy, don't just give them a picture. Push past the picture. God wants to reveal the picture to you. It's okay to leave some of the picture a picture, but give them a little bit to, 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 have, to walk away. When, when we've gotten word, it's go time. Right? People, people have sat with the Lord to give us a word. Give the people a word. People deserve clear direction. But also, don't force a word. Because <laughs> you want to sound like you know Jesus. Separate from those, make people feel seen, heard, and understood. Make people feel seen, heard, and understood. You know, important part of communication? Eye contact. I believe Jesus, and I ain't never seen the man in my life. I have, but you know what I'm saying? I believe he looked every person in the eye when he talked to them what eye contact can do through the eyes of an anointed the, the eyes of a faith filled person can radically change someone's life they, people can see expectation in your eyes how you talk to them they can, they can, they can, they can sense faith it wasn't like man you can get up and pick up I mean, if you want to you can pick up your mat no, he was specific. Pick up your mat. Get up. He drew the line, told the woman, go. Sin no more. Specific, confident, clear instructions. Correction is not the priority. Conviction is the Holy Spirit's job. way that we convict people is through consistent authentic kingdom behavior your lifestyle convicts I want you guys this week your homework if you, like in school, if you didn't read John 4 this week, now you got double homework. <laughs> I want you to read John 4 again, but I also want you to read Luke 19, 1 through 10. I want you to look at Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, little man. I believe, check that, make sure, make sure I'm not giving you the wrong scripture. I think it's Luke 19, 1 through 10. that correct yep just read Zacchaeus I want you to see I want you what do I want you to keep in mind with Zacchaeus that he was low-hanging fruit 
What do I mean by that? He was pursuing Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Let's focus in this season on low-hanging fruit. Let's not drain ourselves trying to catch stubborn, stubborn fish. Let's get low-hanging fruit. What is low-hanging fruit? They're asking you questions. You see God working on their heart. I guarantee you some of you are thinking of somebody right now that you know that's just ready. They're desperate. They're crying out for God. They're, they're looking at the fruit in your life and they're asking questions, right? Because they're reading you as a letter and they're like, man, God must be doing something. You know family members, you know friends, you know co-workers. Hey, one day I'm going to come to church. You know that person that said, one day I'm going to come to church with you. That's low-hanging fruit. I want you to, as we close, I want you to write down on a piece of paper the low-hanging fruit, the names of the low-hanging fruit that you can identify. You see them in a place where they're hungry, they're thirsty, they want more, they want to do better. They told you one day, man, I'm coming to church with you. They've asked you about your church. They've asked you about Jesus. Maybe they've asked you to pray with them, but they've never been to church. Maybe they've hinted and was like, hey, I see you going to church again this Sunday. I've seen your page. Or you see them on your page, and they liking your stuff, but they won't say nothing about it when, they, when you see them. Just write their name down. Only if you know they, they hood name. If you only know they alias, write it down real quick. Caleb sleep because them curtains is leaning back. You, you good? All right. <laughs> Boy, got this security pose over there. <laughs> you got the names? First name, last name. If, if, if you know who they are, but you don't really know their name, but you see them, the security when you go to work. You don't have to have a phone number. Sons and daughters is coming home. And this is a church. This isn't about your friends or whoever coming to this church to make this church their church. Maybe they come here just to get introduced to Jesus and they discover they need to be somewhere else. Maybe they're visiting for a couple of weeks for work. But this is where God does something in their heart. And when they go back home, they find a church. I don't know. I'll give you 60 more seconds. And then we're going to pray over these names. I want you to know that they're coming home. And I want you to understand that when you're praying for them, you're playing a part in the harvest. And so some plant... So for them to even be at this point, there's some seeds that have been planted. And then some water. That's what we're about to do is we're about to water that seed. And then it says that we all celebrate over the harvest. You do not have to be the one to pull the fish in the boat. Okay? We're going to pray and we're going to close.
What's next? Is next is next Wednesday? Uh, first Wednesday? It's the last Wednesday? Okay. I got a new routine. I got a new routine that I'm going to try to stick with. But every first Wednesday, uh, we're going to have a guest speak, guest teacher from more than likely within the house. And uh, those, those are going to be days I'm trying to take, do some other things. So I thought next Wednesday was, but every first Wednesday, we will have somebody share. Now, don't be, don't be, if I, if I, <laughs> if I call on you, it may not be in the form of a sermon, sermon or any, it may be an interview, it may be an illustration, it may be review, it may be, I don't know. But what are we called to do? Equip. Some of y'all, please come on Wednesday night. I'm not just going <laughs> to It won't be like that, I promise. It won't be. I'm, I'm not going to set you up for failure. All right. Everybody had their names or has got a couple still writing? Now, now here's the discipline. We're not just praying for people. We're praying specifically those who we've identified as low-hanging fruit. This prayer, what, what that is, we shake them, shaking them off the tree. Now, I want you to pray with confidence. And I want you to attack that doubt and fear, that, that kind of like, because some of y'all about to pray for some knuckleheads. They've been resisting for a long time. And there's a part of you like, man, I didn't gave up praying for them. Nah, we about to shake this tree. Because now you're with your brothers and sisters. So basically as a table, you guys are going to pray together for the harvest. Okay? Now what you going to, nah, we're not going to hand the names. We're just going to pray. You're going to pray yours. And then we're going to pray yours for, uh, yeah, I'll let you know when to switch. So you're going to pray for your list. And then you're just going to pray for your neighbor and their list. If they want to share the name, great. If they don't, cool. God still knows. And you can, you can ask them, the three friends, Lord, bless friend number one, number two. <laughs> All right. Go right ahead. Pray for your neighbor. Believe that it's already done. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself, Elder Roseanne. Pray for yourself. Come on, pray for him. Come on, don't be afraid. That life is hanging in the balance. We rebuke the enemy. We rebuke the devourer right now. You at home, you can pray right now as well. Pray for that family member. Pray for that co-worker. Pray for that spouse.
Come on. Come on. Believe. 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 Come on, 30 more seconds. Five seconds. Come on now, put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and begin to pray for, their, for them. Pray for their family. Pray for their friends. Pray for their co-workers. Come on and pray with some passion. Come on. Come on, come on. Pray with some passion. Pray with some passion. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, it's done. It's done. It's done. Hallelujah. Twenty seconds, twenty seconds. Hallelujah. Ten seconds, ten seconds. Come on. Come on, come on. Come on, if you're done praying, just praise them. If you're done praying, just praise them. Come on, if you're done praying, just praise them. Come on. Come on, when you're done praying, just praise them. Come on, just give them some praise. Hallelujah. Come on, say it's done. In Jesus' name, grab your pen or your phone. I'm about to shoot you some fire real quick, and I got two minutes to give it to you. What we do with our love will become the conversations we have with God. What we do with our love will be the conversations we have with God. What we do with our love will be the, will be the conversations we have with God. 
You ready? God is attracted to desperate people, not important people. God is attracted to desperate people, not important people. Third, how is your life working for people around you? I know your attitude might be working for you. Your mouth might be working for you. But how's your life working for the people around you? Visibility versus credibility. We're we're in a society where visibility is more important than credibility. People give you credibility by what you survive, not what you suggest. Respect is expensive. Did you earn it or did you just read it? Lastly, revival is not revival unless it's sending and spreading. Revival should always lead to the advancing of the kingdom, not just in the church, but in culture. Real revival impacts culture not just the church. Father, thank you for your marvelous laborers. Thank you, Lord, that as we go out for the rest of this week, that our eyes are open, that we are a little bit more sensitive to the world around us, and that we are unashamed That even when we're with our friends or something, we might get to the car and say, oh, my God, I think the Lord wanted me to say something to her. And then we're with a friend that's going to say, let's go say it. I'll go with you. That we just get a little bit more bolder for the righteous things. I know we bold to tell somebody when they mess with us and when they frustrated us, but let's be bold about loving. Let's be courageous about loving. Lord, we just want to be open letters, and we want people to see our lives and see you. And we understand, Jesus, when you said, when you see me, you see the Father. And I believe that same saying should be for his church. When you see the church, you see Jesus. You see the Father's heart. And So may it just not be stuck on the pages of John 3.16, but may we be an extension of for God so loved the world that he sent Sion, he sent Nicole, he sent, understand that, they don't know for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. They'll get that through your walk. But for God so loved the world that he sent his only John Swain, that he sent his only Jerusalem, he sent his only Deborah, he sent this only Judah. There's none like you. You do know that. You're the only Nicole like you. He sent this only Danny. That whosoever will believe in the Jesus that we will show them would not perish, would have everlasting life. Lord, for those names we say it's done and it's well. 
We call them in now in Jesus' name. We will celebrate together in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful evening. Till next time, get your love fixed, man. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms and follow us on social media. You can find us on IG and Facebook at LoveQuestITL Church. We out here. But you know what it is. You know the motto. We out of time, but we ain't out of Jesus. So till next time, get your love fixed, man.